I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of the How To Do Marketing Academy, as well as small business marketing agency, Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's my mission to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally-based small business in Australia. Why? Because I know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Happy 2022! Welcome back to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, our very first episode for 2022. Now, I know that um, this is just a date. <laughs> the new year is is simply a date. January 1st is simply a date. At the beginning of a new year, um, it's just another day in time. And I think this is something that we've been kind of rudely reminded of in the last couple of years that just because um, the date changes, it doesn't mean things are going to change. Just because it's a new year, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to bring, um, you know, new circumstances as we've learnt with COVID. Having said that, I think there's like this beautiful new energy that starts with the new year, the new calendar year. And I know myself, I feel so energised and so refreshed. And, you know, part of that is probably because I come off the back of a holiday with my family and friends and I've enjoyed time at the beach and rest and summer and all of that kind of thing. So I always love this time of year, getting back into the office, you know, kicking off the year, um, feeling really energised and excited about, you know, the 12 new chapters, 365 new days. Um, this this episode, of course, is hitting you on the, the 11th of, of January. Um, so we're into the year. We've already started 2022. But I hope that you guys are also feeling really, really excited about the year ahead. I know for um, the How To Do Marketing Academy, um, as well as the How To Do Marketing Show, we have so much great content coming out this year. We have so many fantastic products for our community. Um, And so, yeah, it's going to be busy. It's going to be a huge, huge year. Um, But I'm excited about it. Lots of new things, lots of creation, um, lots of innovation, um, lots of new opportunities. um, And I'm sure, without a doubt, there'll be lots of challenges along the way. But hey, that's what makes it fun. So, Um, I'm going to kick off 2022 with another one of my 10 reasons. I do love a list of 10 things. Um, And today's episode is all about why you should be investing in marketing. And when I'm talking about investing in marketing in 2022, I'm talking about investing dollars, obviously, but I'm also talking about time because not 
everything in marketing costs money. But everything in marketing, if it's not costing you in money, it will cost you in time. It will take time to organise things, to strategize, to plan, to implement and to measure. So even though, and there will be actually an episode coming up um, in a couple of weeks' time where I'm actually going to go through all the things that are not um, social media marketing because I know in small business, there's a huge focus on social media marketing. And sometimes that can be really overwhelming for people um, because that's something that does require a lot of time. So, um, excuse me, but there are some, yeah, there are plenty of things that that are not social media that are hugely effective for small business. Um, And so I'll be running through all of those in a couple of episode times. But now... um, I'm going to run through a list of the reasons. Like if you are in that mode where you're thinking, what am I going to do differently this year? What am I going to focus on? Um, You know, what is something that perhaps I have been putting off for a very long time, but now it's time to actually rip the Band-Aid off, roll up my sleeves and get started. Um, And I hope marketing is one of those things. If it's not, here's 10 reasons why perhaps it should be for this year. And if you're listening to this and it's not you that makes the decision about marketing in your business, it's your boss um, or the business partner that you're um, in business with, here's 10 reasons that you can talk to them about as to why 2022 is the year for investing in marketing. Okay, here we go. Um, Reason number one, marketing helps customers find you. This is a really simple one, but if people don't know that you exist, they can't buy from you. And in my experience, I think I've dealt with a lot of small business owners who just because they've, you know, put their bricks and, you know, started their bricks and mortar shop or they've... um, developed a website and listed that on Google, you know, they've started a business or they've had a business for for very many years, they think that everyone must know about it. Surely people have seen us by now. Surely people know about us. Well, actually, no. No, they don't. If you haven't told them about you, why would they know about you? And this is particularly a good one for organisations who are looking to expand. So you need to be able to tell people about your business in order for them to actually start engaging, building trust and eventually being able to buy. And that's exactly what marketing does. So marketing helps customers find you, number one. Reason number two, marketing can help create an emotional connection with your customer. So your brand and your company represent so much more than just your physical being. There are customers who feel an emotional attachment to your brand. And if they don't, you definitely want them to. So brand positioning is the spot in the mind of our consumers that we want to own so that when they come into contact with your brand, we want them to think certain thoughts or feel a certain way. It's it's generally a subconscious effect, but it's just so important. 
And if your customers can connect with your offering on an emotional level, you have a lot more chance of them recalling your brand, talking about your brand to others, and best of all, becoming loyal to your brand. So even if you take the opportunity to think about some of the brands or even some of the businesses where you use really emotive language to describe them, Um, you know, oh, my God, I love that product. Oh, my goodness. You know, I've been using that product for years. I just just love, you know, this particular aspect. I love what they do with their advertising or, oh, my God, I love their logo. Like I'm thinking of my son now who's just got into skating. He's 12 years old. And the brands that, you know, wrap themselves around all the skating products, you know, he's got the stickers, he's plastering them all over his skateboard. When he goes into the skate shop, you know, he's like, oh, I really need the the Modus brand or I really need such and such brand because he's got this emotive affiliation. And that's because he's been down at the, the skate park. And, you know, all the other kids are talking about the, the brands that they use and um, there's this kind of real emotional um, attachment to, to those brands and so they're seeking them out. Um, so that's, that's number two. Marketing can help create an emotional connection with your customer. <laughs> what can also help there too, by the way, little um, digress is is having an awesome product having fantastic customer service having people that are really you know in your business that love your brand and represent your brand and business that's really really crucial to that as well okay reason number three marketing helps customers understand why they should pick you instead of competitors now this is something also that I think a lot of small businesses just assume that people know the difference between them and their competitors. And this is, I guess, really relevant for those businesses who have a really, really competitive environment. Like we do a lot of work um, for a local lawyer in town. And so that industry there is super competitive. We have several law firms in our regional town. Um, and they all offer very similar services and have, you know, similar sized teams and, you know, lawyers that have a similar amount of experience. So then, you know, how do you make it easier for your customers, your future clients or your customers to tell the difference between you all? Like if they're right at the beginning of their journey, they've never used a lawyer before you know, think about where they start. What do they do? If they need to use a lawyer, what what are some of the things that they're going to do? Well, they're probably going to go out and ask for some recommendations, but they're probably going to come back with a handful of recommendations, you know, lawyer one, lawyer two, lawyer three. So then the next thing that they will do is to then perhaps go and Google those businesses Um, Perhaps they might look um, at some of their social media pages or if their phone has been listening to them, their their phone might start throwing up some suggestions for them when they're on social media. So how are you actually going to use those channels to be able to to differentiate your your business? Because most people will, you know, unless a, a really, really compelling word of mouth referral heads their way, 
um, they're going to kind of check out one or two different options. So how are you actually going to differentiate? Well, that's that's marketing. That's looking at those touch points. That's looking at your Google My Business page, your website, your um, social media touch points. It's even looking at the signage on your um, business. But also, if you've actually been really, really proactive with your marketing, when somebody recommends your business, they might have already heard about you because you've been on the radio or you've advertised, you know, locally in the local papers or the local magazine. And so when somebody recommends them, they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that. Per- I've heard them on the radio. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay. And the trust, the familiarity is already there because your marketing's already been there. So marketing is something that can help your customers understand why they should pick you. Now, reason number four, having an awesome brand can inspire your team. So notice how proud people are who work for, say, Google or Apple. And that's because they work for these awesome brands that are leaders within their field. The brands are instantly recognisable and they represent progressive and innovative thinking, global reach, incredible opportunity. And so, What do you think that that says about the people that work there? So people, you know, where do you work? Oh, I work at Google. People are like, (laughs) oh, or I work with Apple. Oh, you know, wow. Because people are associating those people with the brands that they work for. So um, they must represent that as well. You know, if they're working for Google, if they're working for Apple, well, then they must be innovative and progressive as well. Imagine if your employees were that loud and proud to work for your brand. And and similarly, imagine when someone says to one of your employees, you know, where do you work? And they say, you know, blah, whatever whatever company they work for, your brand. And people go, oh, what's that? Who's that? What do they do? Oh, never heard of them you know, and then they've got to explain what they do or what your business is. And so then it actually comes down to your employees to be doing the marketing. And that's where it's really important to inspire your employees about what you do and how you help businesses. Because if you've got no marketing out there letting people know what you do, and it just comes down to the people within your business or your customers that are served by your business, then it's really important to make sure that they're on message and on point with with what you actually do so people actually get the right message um, about that. Okay, reason number five, marketing drives leads. Leads, and when I'm talking about leads, I'm talking about inquiries to your website, phone calls to your business, people walking into your store. That's exactly what drives that activity is marketing. So with leads, of course, if you have an awesome product, if you have a great team that could convert inquiries um, and who are really good at business development, then leads lead to sales. And this is exactly where marketing helps to increase your sales. And I'm yet to meet a business owner who doesn't want to increase their sales, whether that's by 
new customers or whether that's from existing customers. Most business owners, when they start to think about marketing, it's because they want to increase their sales. And marketing does that. But you've got to know how to do it properly and you've got to know, um, I guess, you've got to recognise that there is a journey that a customer takes in that they don't just immediately find out about your business and then decide to buy from you, particularly for higher priced purchases. If you sell sell a packet of gum, then maybe it's a bit easier to convince someone who's literally just heard of you to to purchase that 50 cent um, product. But, you know, if you've got a professional service or a higher priced product, um, you know, it takes a little while to, to take your customers on a journey from becoming aware of you to building trust um, and excitement and emotion about your brand to then getting to the point that they want to become that lead um, and eventually buy from you. Um, but marketing is definitely part of driving those leads. Hey, Just interrupting this episode to remind you that if you're looking for some marketing inspiration that you can use to create high impact marketing outcomes on a small budget, be sure to head on over to the How To Do Marketing website and download our 50 marketing activities to create high impact marketing on a small budget. It really is quite a simple process. Simply type in howtodomarketing.com.au forward slash 50 things, the word 50, 50 things. Provide your name and email address and it will be sent straight to your inbox for you to download. Now, there are things on this list that you can literally start implementing tomorrow. So while we are all about strategy and thinking things through, we know that there's always an appetite for low-cost, quick wins. Just like point number seven, to increase the number of people seeing your social media content each week, be sure to post when your community are online. We definitely notice a massive difference in reach between content that has been posted at a complete dud time of day versus the content that has been posted at peak user times. This is particularly the case with Instagram. Or take point number 21. Leverage your email database by regularly emailing previous existing and even prospective customers. Across so many industries, it's email marketing that generates sales. In fact, did you know that in some cases, email has an average return on investment of $38 for each dollar spent? So that's just two points. This list is abundant with easy to implement marketing ideas for your small business. So what are you waiting for? Head to howtodomarketing.com.au forward slash 50 things and hit the download button, baby. Now let's get stuck back into this episode. Reason number six, marketing increases sales for for the exact reason that I have just said then. Um, If you're doing your marketing correctly, if you are taking your customers, your your target audience, your, your future prospective customers, or your existing customers, remember not all marketing is about driving new customers to your business. We work for a locally based accountant and our brief 
is literally to work with the existing custom clients that they have. They don't necessarily want to be driving new clients to the business all the time because they know that there's so much more that they could be helping their existing clients with. And marketing is a big part of inspiring their existing customers. Um, <clears throat> but it is to, to make sales. I'm sorry, I keep clearing my throat. I've, got, I've been doing way too much talking over the Christmas break. Okay, reason number seven. Marketing can help to even out sales peaks and troughs. Now, every business has sales peaks and troughs. We live in Port Macquarie and it's a tourist town. And and, um, I guess not so much during COVID, that's kind of disrupted the peaks and troughs of this town. But generally, over the three months of winter, you know, it's really, really quiet for a lot of the small businesses and a lot of the tourism um, offerings in, in the town. And then, you know, for six to nine months, it's super, super busy. So we do have a real kind of peaks and troughs that obviously doesn't affect, you know, some businesses like like mine. I have different peaks and troughs within my business. So generally for me, um, my troughs are between like kind of December and April. It always takes businesses a long time to warm up um, into their marketing in in the new year Um, and then generally from about April to you know sometimes November December we're really quite busy with a peak kind of around that July August September time so as a small business owner it's it's really good to understand those peaks and troughs within your business because then you can understand how you can plug marketing in to help regulate those so It's not necessarily that you will um, encourage more sales during the trough, although that marketing is something that definitely can be used to do that. But you might also look at, you know, are there products, like if our our peak season, um, say, for example, with Dragonfly Marketing, if we've got a a lull between December and April, are there some smaller products or are there, or perhaps different markets or are there different opportunities that we can be looking at to promote during that period to even out those times? Or use marketing to increase your sales between your busy times. Again, if I use my businesses between April and December, really drive home sales and opportunities during those times to make sure that we've got enough in the war chest to cover from December to to April. So this is where marketing can really, you know, you can kind of start to understand the strategic nature of it, of this is not just, okay, we just need to be making sure we do Facebook or we just need to make sure we've got a website. You know, that's all the kind of stuff that ticks along, but marketing can actually be used quite strategically, particularly when you're looking at new product opportunities or new service opportunities to even out um, peaks and troughs within your business or just to cater for those peaks and troughs within your business. So that's when you might want to get the marketing and the finance heads together um, to see what you can do there. Now, reason number eight, smart marketing can actually save you money. So running expensive advertising campaigns on channels that that your target audience don't tune into 
or that the creative's not really good, so it's not really communicating your message or it doesn't have the kind of proper call to actions. And by call to actions, I mean, you know, you might be running a particular ad on social media, but you're not actually driving people to your website where they can buy, or you are driving people to your website, but when they get there, they're going, uh, I don't know what to buy, or this isn't actually what I thought it was, or where do I go next? That kind of advertising is hugely expensive and quite frankly it's a waste of money we have literally saved small businesses thousands of dollars um, over the time we've been in business simply by directing their advertising to targeted channels and tightening up their ad creative so a few examples of that um Sometimes as a small business owner, because you're using a particular channel, um, so Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, you assume that kind of everyone's using it and it's just not the case. Like I remember with Dragonfly Marketing, there was a time when the majority of the, the small businesses I was working with, because I was working with a lot of professional services at that time, um, and they were accountants and lawyers and um, financial planners and those sorts of things. But that typically the business owner was like a 40-something-year-old male um, and that they were a really, really viable client for me and a really, really viable market. So honestly, those guys barely knew what Instagram was. There was absolutely no point me being on Instagram when they were my target audience, even though me as a female business owner who works in marketing was a prolific Instagram user if I'm turning up using that channel trying to get more 45-year-old males who run professional service businesses, I am knocking on the wrong door. <laughs> so that's a that's a really good example of where you're, and, and particularly if I was, you know, paying for ad campaigns there, it would be a complete bloody waste of money. But it was it would also be a complete waste of time because I don't know if any of you guys you know, do Instagram, but Instagram requires a lot of content. So even if you're not paying for advertising, you know, that's a lot of time that you're investing into that channel. And even if you're, you know, if you're getting engagement or reach on those channels, you've really got to understand whether that's actually driving those leads and those sales that I was talking about before. Um, another example of this is we did work for a professional service. Um, we had a retainer with them for a couple of years and they had been advertising in the local paper for years and years and years and like thousands and thousands of dollars per year. But the ad content, the branding that they were using was just not reflecting their brand. And when we went, you know, when we did their strategy, it became really apparent that, that these guys needed to be positioned as a quality provider of this professional service and as the leading provider uh, because they had an incredibly experienced team, a, an amazing product, the backing of a national brand. Um, there was no reason why these guys should not have been the leading provider, you know, the premium provider of their service. But the ads that they were placing in the local newspaper did not say that at all. In fact, they positioned them, I would say, at the complete opposite end of that spectrum. So that was the first thing we did was tweak those existing ads 
um, to actually better reflect their brand um, and also better reflect the touch points because the the newspaper ads looked nothing like the signage on their business. It looked nothing like the brochures and all the collateral that they actually had within their business. It looked nothing like their digital touch points, their website. So there was this really incongruent um, picture of, of, of who this brand was. And so, it, it, honestly, it was a complete waste of money because nothing kind of spoke to each other. Reason number nine, marketing can help you to get to know your customer better. The insights that we can collect via digital marketing channels alone are amazing. But just having a well-populated social media channel such as Facebook or Instagram or even LinkedIn to a certain point, we can access insights about our community's demographics. Um, But we can also, like if we're posting certain content and running certain ad campaigns, we can gauge their enthusiasm for certain messaging, images or offers that we're running. And so this is when it actually becomes really, really important to take, um, to pay attention to your measurements. So it's one thing to kind of plan your marketing and then implement it. But without doing your measuring, and I know if you're a regular listener, I've I've published several episodes on this, so sorry for banging on about it again, but it's just so important and it not only helps you understand your return on, on your investment and whether things are actually working, but you can actually start to understand, oh, this is the kind of image. Like, I mean, I emphatically know that people respond to real people in social media marketing and even other marketing, even radio advertising and print advertising, um, people will respond to those, uh, the content that's within them if it's using real people from the business, real customers for the business. And this is particularly the case in regional Australia because in regional towns, everyone knows everyone. So if you actually put real people in your marketing, it can be so um, powerful because, you know, you think about the reasons why people are on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all that sort of stuff. It's to catch up with people that they know. So if they're seeing people that they know as opposed to stock imagery of people who altogether look like they're from middle America, then, you know, that's more powerful. It, It builds trust. It builds familiarity just by using real people in your social content. And you can see this because the response, the engagement, the click-throughs, all the metrics that we put in place to measure that content go through the roof as soon as we use real people. If I use the example for my business as well, you know, as soon as I use photos of me, um, and photos that kind of look more real. Sometimes if I make them look too marketing-y, um, then they don't go as well. But like just candid kind of photos, real photos, the engagement and the metrics will respond to that. So um, you can kind of start to understand, okay, what lights our customers up? Like what are, what are people responding to on social media? But then there's just the things like the insights in terms of like Google Analytics will tell you how they access your website. Is it, you know, are they being referred from what channels? Are they using mobile or tablets or, you know, PCs to access your, um, your website? 
some will some of the analytics will say what countries your your community are from what ages the people in your community are whether they're more female whether they're more male so you can kind of once you've articulated who your target audience is in your marketing strategy you can then go and reconcile that and look at your facebook insights and look at your google analytics and go oh okay so our target audience is you know um hillary and she's 40 and um you know, she's got a family and she's this, 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 and she lives here and does this. Um, And then if you go to your Facebook insights or your Google analytics or your Instagram insights and see that actually it's more 18-year-old females who live in a different city um, or a different country that are accessing your content, you can go, oh, hang on a second, that's a waste because they're not my target audience. So that's all well and good that they're, um, responding to my content, but ultimately that is not the perfect customer for my brand. So this this is I've got to do something differently with my content to make sure I'm getting more Hillary's. Um, so that's the kind of insight that you can get from from those, and that's why we pay so much attention to those those metrics and those insights as as marketers because it informs us. Um, as to which channels and which mostly what what kind of content that we can use to make sure that we, we're creating cut through. And then we can take that, those learnings from those channels and go, oh, actually, you know, um, using real people, using our customers, using customer testimonial videos on social media really works or customer testimonial and actually using the photo of the customer really works. Well, why don't we do that and um, transfer that to the radio environment or the print environment? Because if it works there, it's probably going to work on those channels as well. Um, So the other thing that we do all the time as marketers is we actually use um, surveys. So for a lot of our regular retainer clients, we run an annual survey um, every couple of years just to get a feeling and a temperature check um, in terms of, you know, what our current clients, uh, how our current clients are feeling about us, where there's room for opportunity, room for improvement. Um, There's always so many nuggets that you'll get out of, of, of customer surveys with your existing clients. But then we're also asking them all the questions that we want to know about um, our future target audience because a lot of our existing um, clients or customers will represent our prospective customers. So we're asking what media channels are you listening to or um, what social media channels do you um, use regularly? A, a, A regular question that I've had in so many surveys over the last 12 months or so even two years, has been, are you listening to podcasts and which podcasts are you listening to? Because there could be an opportunity for um, them to be interviewed on podcasts or for them to perhaps even advertise on podcasts if if their customers or clients are really turning to those mediums. Um, But we also ask them about their demographics. So we might ask them about how many people are in their their household, you know, the income that they earn. It it depends. I mean, we don't ask questions that are not relevant to our marketing planning. We don't just ask demographic questions for the sake of asking them. Um, But we can learn so much information. So we ask them perhaps thoughts, you know, uh, have they used the competition? 
um, and or are they, have they thought about using the competition or, you know, any questions that, that you want to understand, um, you can ask via a survey. So um, customer surveys um, and customer research are an integral part of our marketing planning and for every single marketing plan we do we always a huge component of that planning is actually going out and gathering customer insight and I can tell you the insight that comes back from that and um, the academy clients have have literally just just done this exercise but the the insight that you get from these surveys is just so informing like it just drops so many um, aha moments and it can really inform a lot of your marketing direction. Um, so this is this all comes under the, the marketing banner and that curiosity, that insatiable curiosity for your customers and, and um, target audience is, is integral um, because it lets you know more about them. And if you know more about your customers, then you will be far more successful at being able to communicate with them. Okay. Um, reason number 10, the final reason is that marketing is fun. We wouldn't do it otherwise. I mean, who doesn't want to spend time creating ideas that convert people into paying customers? Like the rush of adrenaline when you witness a digital marketing campaign nail it or when you see your Facebook ad campaigns converting ads into online sales. You know, when you actually start to get to know your customers better and understand them better or creating a brand that gets the whole company energised and excited. It honestly brings me so much joy to release new branding within a small business and just to witness the team's excitement about how good everything looks. Like there's just this palpable energy when your branding and marketing really, really hits the spot. It really, I mean, I have seen people cry Um when they've got the annual report because it's been designed, um, you know, with fabulous branding and by an awesome graphic designer who really brings information to life. Like I've literally presented the, the final copy to, to members of the team and they've, they've, they've cried because they're like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. It just it brings a whole purpose to life. Um, and, you know, because we use photos of, of their, their clients and, and, and their staff and they recognise them and, you know, that's that emotion that I was talking about before that, that marketing can create. So there's the 10 reasons. As a recap, number one, marketing helps customers find you. Number two, marketing can help create an emotional connection with your customer and your team. <laughs> number three, Marketing helps customers understand why they should pick you instead of your competitors. Number four, having an awesome brand can inspire your team. Number five, marketing drives leads. Number six, marketing increases sales. Number seven, marketing can help to even out sales peaks and troughs. Number eight, smart marketing can save you money. Number nine, marketing can help you to get to know your customer better. And number 10, marketing is just bloody fun. So 
I hope that those 10 reasons are enough to convince you to get marketing on your agenda for 2022. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. And remember, if you want a list of 50 high-impact marketing activities that you can easily implement on a small budget, head to howtodomarketing.com.au forward slash 50 things. And until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media Production. 